0: Welcome into the Locked on Knicks podcast. Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf, the New York Knicks 105-103 winners over the Cleveland Cavaliers will tell you how Isaiah Hartenstein, Julius Randle, and basically everyone saved the day when the Knicks needed it most right now on Locked on Knicks.
1: You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the
0: Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Hucks left, now fires a three, and he's fouled, he's out, and he's out. Anthony for three. Five, that one goes down. This is all about, back up, off the glass,
0: it's good. Oh, Becomes infectious. Becomes infectious. You are Locked On Knicks, and today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sports, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit Vandal.com slash locked on today to get started. But who is talking to you? I'm Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. He is Alice Wolf, editor-in-chief of the Strickland, the greatest six website in the whole wide world. We wanted to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today. And every day, uh, we are now available on all platforms. If you didn't know, now you do. We're on YouTube. Uh, so, uh Go throw us a subscription so you never ever miss a video. Uh, throw us some likes. Throw some. Throw some comments. The comments, man, they were they were popping off today. Ox, who knew Grayson <laughs> Allen was a controversial figure? I never would have guessed.
1: <laughs> yeah, who's uh, who? Who, who could have guessed? You know, and and all the other names that we mentioned. But we're not talking about trades right now. We're talking about the amazing Knicks roster <laughs> that just won this game. Right, uh, the Knicks win one hundred five to one hundred three over the Cleveland Cavaliers and. Gavin, I thought this was – uh, you know, he's probably had a better statistical game at some point, but I think this was Isaiah Hartenstein's best game of the season without a doubt. He came up so clutch down the stretch. I think we'd be remiss if the first thing that we talk about wasn't that final play where it just felt – you had this feeling of dread. You know, if, if you've watched this team long enough, if you watch this team this year even – with how many times they've had this happen, uh, you know the the one that comes to mind the most is the Luca one, obviously. But yeah. you know the amount of times that this team has just been like kicked in the nads in in the final second, and you know Alex, had
0: a... I, I, I screamed, "Oh no!"
1: as Mobley shot the <laughs> shot the Reavis. I yep. just I just
0: thought it was going in. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's so just to relive the final play real quick. Donovan Mitchell brings the ball down the floor because of course he would. The Knicks are up by two at this point, thanks to a really clutch Julius Randle three. Uh, which we'll get to in a minute. I thought that this was one of his, maybe his signature game of the season so far. But uh, Mitchell comes down and first he gets Julius one-on-one on on the perimeter. And you're like, oh no, that doesn't seem like the matchup that the Knicks should want here. (laughs) And yet Julius does a pretty admirable job. Like, look, you're only going to be able to do so much to keep Mitchell in front of you. But he made Mitchell burn enough clock before finally making that like get to the rim move. And then Isaiah Hardenstein just steps in beautifully for a guy that like three times in this game alone could not time his jump properly. I mean, this guy is like one of the, in some ways, one of the least coordinated pro athletes I think I've ever seen in, in terms of timing his jumps and timing when he has to do things, manages to time a perfect jump and contest Mitchell at the rim, gets a block, just a nice, easy, like straight up and down, just kind of like flick the wrist downwards to to cap the ball. Uh, in Mitchell's hands blocks it and then as you said Evan Mobley ends up with it after it spills out he takes a turnaround and you almost think oh no maybe it's gonna go in but luckily for the Knicks it did not and uh, Mobley did not get to have another monster game like he did the other night and uh, the Knicks win the game so Gavin I- I'll throw it to you man how about that ending
0: that was it was incredible and and even before that I mean the defense on, on Donovan Mitchell who who claimed he it was is was the, the boy who cried cramps after the game. <laughs> he said he said he was cramping up, but you know, maybe maybe it was RJ Barrett blocking those cramps right into him. Is RJ man I, I thought this was easily the best defensive play of his season, uh, certainly one of the best of his career, where he stuck right with Mitchell in transition, stripped the ball off his leg to get it right back to the Knicks. And then the next possession, Mitchell got another run out. RJ again stuck with him, and then it got Hartenstein in position to block mitchell's double pump um and i thought that was that was pretty emblematic of the night for the knicks like pretty pretty clearly their best defensive effort since mitchell robinson got hurt and it was second third fourth efforts across the board i mean i heart the whole game was flying around and and he showed up some real toughness on the boards going up against jared allen going up against Evan Mobley. I mean, that that is not a front line you want to mess with. And, and we've seen just so many times this year, I mean, literally starting with the first game of the season against the Grizzlies where I heart has gotten out physical. He's he hasn't hustled hard enough. Like he people just kind of swept around him to get boards. And, and over the course of the Knicks' winning streak, that, that noise died down a little bit, I think just because Mitch was playing so well and was so all encompassing in, in that facet of the game. But man, I heart went to war tonight. Quentin Grimes, I thought, like who's coming off as I noted last pod, like a couple of like by his standards, poor defensive games in a row. He had an incredible recovery on Donovan Mitchell to get like a tie up at one point. It was just second, third, fourth efforts. Julius Randle, who um, Alex, we can we we could switch up into talking to you right now because he had a a career night, obviously from three point range and a lot of other areas. His third quarter. Um, on top of his first quarter as complete of a quarter any Nick has played this year. Like he was battling on defense too. So it, it just felt like, like Tibbs kind of being like, all right, like, this is it guys. This is the season. Like we gotta, we gotta turn this around and, and everyone kind of put their heads down. Like it wasn't perfect. There were some ugly moments. It was maybe closer than it had to be, but they were able to pull it out.
1: Yeah. I think it, I just alluded to it a second ago. I think this is the the game of the season for Randall to this point. Um, you know, I thought that he put together the big thing with Randall lately. And and we talked about this, that this was, I mean, almost a good thing in the dynamic of the Knicks, but you know, he, it's sort of been like Randall opens the games on fire. Brunson would be the closer and like RJ, a lot of times would kind of buoy things in the middle a little bit. And this game was Randall wall to wall. I mean, he just was so good throughout the entire game. Uh, you know, obviously the first quarter was the. The highlight with the seventeen points, um, and how many? How many three did he end up with? Five, five, five three five pointers. Yeah. yeah, five threes in just the first quarter. Which I feel like it's he's done that at least like three or four times this year. Had he five did it the
0: threes. Pistons game. I don't any yeah. problem. Maybe one other time. Yeah,
1: and he's tied his career high. I think twice this year. Now, if if not three times, he's come very close other times with the those eight three pointers that he again matched today. But he ends up in total with thirty six points. On 11 to 21 shooting, eight of 12 from three, six of seven from the free throw line, 13 rebounds and four assists, and yeah, it just—it was such a complete game from him. The shooting was the star here, but the—the the tenacity on the rebounds it has been a staple for him. His—his his ability to create space when he's at his best this year under the rim has taken leaps and bounds. I don't know what's gotten different. Uh, maybe it's just he's throwing himself around with more reckless abandon since it seems like he gets called for maybe less offensive fouls now that he's getting sort of like the star treatment but i mean he just goes down there and just gets a rebound and then he'll have three guys around him and we'll like it'll be like a superhero just kind of like that's what i wrote
0: i wrote down like superman you know yeah um yeah can i can i posit a theory on this Sure. i think he i think he might have that dog in him i'm gonna i to might... go so far as to as to say that and a little 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 zach wilson and our guy julius randall oh,
1: don't say that but yes he. <laughs> <laughs> do not say that but yes he i think he's got that dog in him man yeah he you know i i loved everything about his game and and the the ultimate moment for me for julius in this one was he has had a very spotty history but More towards the the bad side with clutch moments since he's been a Nick, and for him to get that opportunity with that long three pointer late in the game, and to make it in that key moment when the game was tied and put the Knicks up three, which was ultimately the you know the the shot that like really won the game for them. That felt I felt really good for him in that moment, like, and I'm sure that he felt really good too. you know, if you ask him, like, I don't know what reporter it was that asked him after the game. They're like, do you always look for that three to start the game? And he's like, that's news for me. Like, I don't know. I just take whatever shots they give me. But I, I get the feeling that 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 shot, even though, yes, he probably was like, this is a good shot. I guarantee you that in his head, he was like, I want this shot. Like, I want to make this and be the one that wins the game for us this time. And uh, and he got it. And I, I thought it was just a, an absolutely fantastic performance for him, like top to bottom.
0: Yeah Alex uh I want to I want to get into Julius Randle a little bit more because it was an incredible night but before I do that I got to tell everyone about FanDuel, the NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. So it doesn't get much better than that. FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, they're even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with a hundred and fifty dollars. That's a bigger amount than I thought it would be. In free bets, guaranteed. When you place your first five-dollar bet, just sign up at fanduel.com/slash locked on. FanDuel is all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. Alex, I'm going to throw this over to you because I know you love a crazy uh, parlay bet on FanDuel.
1: Yeah, I mean, I said it on yesterday's show too. I think I I love making what I call an uncut gems parlay. So I'm going to be looking at Burrow and Mahomes and all the offense coming out of that AFC championship game and probably putting together four five or six leg same game parlay for maybe like 10 bucks. And you know what, if it's not going to pay me at least $500, don't even pick up the phone because I, I want it to go big. And that's uh, the most fun thing about FanDuel Sportsbook is the same game parlays.
0: I was gonna say if you're if you're not on the show next week, we know why you won you won a fifty million dollar parlay on FanDuel. <laughs> all, it's all on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first five dollar bet to get one hundred and fifty dollars and free bets, win or lose at fanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And of course, locked on. All right. Uh, let's now now that we talked about America's uh, favorite uh, sportsbook, Let's talk about uh, New York's favorite basketball player. Wow. It feels weird to say that, but it's Julius Randle once again, um, at least tonight. Um, incredible, incredible performance, Alex. I mean, I mean the one, the one play that said to me when you were talking about his physicality under the rim was he, was he had the one where he missed the putback and then was literally surrounded by three different calves. I think it was Mobley. It was Levert. Maybe Mitchell was in there as well. And, and he did what he, what he does in all these situations now. just sticks his elbows out, grips the ball, Shakes around, pump fakes until everyone's kind of thrown off him and then and then lays it in plus a foul. And I'm like, I'm like, this dude's this like same same phrasing you use. This dude's a goddamn superhero. It was incredible. But what also really stood out to me in this performance was how he um, reacted to double teams. I mean, remember, we're, we're fresh off the Toronto Raptors completely torturing torturing him in the second quarter of last night's game by throwing doubles his way and randall had turnover after turnover um if you missed it go check out uh, our friend benji rid twitter he had a great video breaking down why evan fournier was rightfully kind of ripping into randall because randall was not seeing them coming and he was making bad decision off after bad decision and randall uh, apparently sat down with tibbs watched the film three times over clockwork orange style and it worked out brilliantly because in the second or excuse me in the third quarter of this game maybe it was the second quarter i don't quite remember um he had he had three different situations where he was double teamed. one time backed it down drew a second guy kicked it to grimes quick redirection to jalen brunson for a three then a power spin middle um out of a double and then swung it into the corner for to grimes for a three then a third time got middle again again spun inside as he saw the double team coming spun away from the second defender kicked it to rj for an open three It, it was so clear they kind of saw that Toronto film and were licking their chops saying we're gonna strip this guy again and again and again. Randall saw it coming and it created nine points for the Knicks in that second quarter when they were desperate for baskets. They only had 17 points with I think it was 148 left in the second. So Julius just came through on so many different fronts for the New York Knicks tonight.
1: Yeah, he was he was truly fantastic. But, you know, I think we gotta we gotta tip our hats a bit to the bench here. You know, I I do think one thing that happened or a couple a couple times this happened man mostly it was just the one the the starters for as great as like Randall played and like RJ had a pretty decent game overall uh, Brunson was a little so-so which we'll get to in a minute but you know for as much good as some of the guys in the starting lineup did the bench unit really did a great job of bringing the Knicks back a couple times because in the second quarter, The bench held things down, and then the starters came in and made it only a two-point game going into halftime. They were only up by two. And then in the third quarter, they were kind of letting go of the rope a bit, and the bench came in. And who else would it be that we would talk about in this spot except for Emmanuel Quickly, who I think just did such a phenomenal job of – defensively, he was everywhere in this game, and offensively, he did exactly what you needed him to do, right? Like, this bench unit is – been struggling to find themselves for the last like couple weeks and I think it's been one of the biggest problems with uh why they're on this current losing streak is that the bench just outside of quickly and then of course we saw last game with no quickly like just doesn't have as much punch uh because he just does so much to break down the defense to kick out to you know the guys for shots or to you know just in general create looks for his teammates and that was on full effect in this one I mean he didn't Have the most knock-your-socks-off stat line of all time, but in 27 minutes, uh, shot four of eight from the field, one of two from three for nine points, and had six assists and five boards. I thought that he did a great job pushing the pace. I think that the bench unit is finally starting to run again, which is a welcome thing. Like That's like the Obi effect. Uh, When he's in the game, he runs, and so then the bench unit runs and quickly also loves to run and loves to keep his head up and find Obi, which he did uh, for one basket in this game. And I I just really liked what, what quickly was able to do. And he was sorely missed in that last game. And I thought that he had great contributions to this one.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, his finishing uh, just continues to stand out to me. I mean, I, I say it every time he has a good game in that capacity, but this is a guy who was, who was afraid to shoot a layup uh, just, just two years ago. And I, I cannot imagine the, the amount of work that went in from both a physical perspective, because it's not, it's not just your arms, Right, you gotta, you gotta work on your legs. You gotta work on your core. Like, like he just completely transformed his body, but then also the, the craft has to be there. And, and it translated from someone who made his mark as a rookie from being like an, an, like an off the dribble, three point shooting wizard, um, a maestro, if, if you would. Um, and he was really, really good at baiting fouls. And then right after his rookie season, the rules changed in terms of like how aggressive you could be about jumping into people to get to the free throw line. And that sort of went away and give quickly credit like that. Like I, I'm not, I'm not going to go so far to say like he could have called it a career there, but that was something that really could have affected his trajectory and is compensated by saying like, all right, I'm just going to become great at going to the rim and area. That is my absolute weakness offensively. And man, he was good in this one. Like had a play where like he got Ricky Rubio on his hip, Rubio recovered, but was still off balance and quickly just jumped into him, hit a double pump, drew the foul and won. Um, had another one where he put like a little Euro step on Donovan Mitchell and like finished over his head on it. Um, had one where Garland was kind of poking at the ball from behind and he he was able to hold Garland off with a little hesitation and then sped in and had a hook finish over one of the best shot blockers in the NBA and Jared Allen. And then maybe my favorite play of the day was, was a quickly, well, outside of the end sequence, obviously, was a quickly pass. Um, where you had RJ a driving kick, throw it out to Obi. Obi just barely saved the ball back to quickly, quickly drove middle, drew three defenders, which gives you an idea of how much more respect he has as a finisher now, and then just had like kind of a, a no look slip pass to Isaiah Hardenstein for a dunk. That gave the Knicks a 10 point lead in the second quarter. Um, I, I, I just think he's so additive right now, Alex. Like, I, I so rarely have a game like like we did all the time early this season where I'm watching quickly and being like ah, I don't want him out there right now he's taking something away like like he he is in in some ways over these last 15 games been the next most consistent player which is is cool to say for someone who's very inconsistent to start this year
1: yeah and and I think the biggest thing that you could say about him is that he's managed to make himself consistent some nights in spite of the shooting. Yeah. Um, because you know it's his shot still comes and goes you know it still operates and fits and spurts sometimes but on those nights when he doesn't have it you know it used to be that you could still say like yeah but i think he's still making an impact but now he just does everything at such an elite level otherwise that there's no way like you don't even have to squint to see him still making an impact uh you know when when his shot's not falling like yeah you could leave your eyes wide open he could go one of seven from three and And you could still walk away being like, no, that was still a good quickly game. You know, I wish he would have made more shots, but he didn't actively like hurt the team by not making shots because like he wasn't giving anything else anywhere else. Like he just, he's so good with the distributing, with the, uh, even just like rebounding, like he's a really good rebounding guard for his size. And now, as you said, once he's now figured out how to finish and how to go inside through contact, like. Seems to be one of the last pieces that we needed to see here. And I I think it's uh gonna bode really well for him going forward. Uh, but Gavin, I think we should take our our last break here real quick, and then we'll come back in. We'll clean up the rest here. I mean, there's so many other players to still talk about uh RJ Barrett, Jalen Brunson, Obi Toppin, maybe the one dark mark on this game that Obi Toppin had another really fantastic 10 minutes and only 10 minutes. Um, so we'll talk about all that in just a second when we come back. All right, we're back to finish talking about this game, and Gavin, I'll throw it to you. Uh, like I alluded before, we went to break. There's still a lot of guys to talk about. So, who's who's on your mind to talk about next? Uh, yeah, uh,
0: amongst all these guys. You, you nailed it in, in Obi Top and I want to, um I, I saw, I saw you retweeted it. So I know, I know, you know it. And and I'm, I'm so sorry that I'm, I'm forgetting uh, Doug's Doug Lust, uh, last name. Yeah. 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 I was going to say I, like, I want to, I want to. Wanna... His real
1: last name. I know it's yeah. Doug Lust on Twitter. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I want to, I'm glad you knew where I was going with that. I, I, I want to pay him to be able to just like, every time we talk about Obi to play that, like the, like he put out like this, like heavy metal, like uh, basically like screw you, Tibbs song that, I think we should just we should just have as like a sound effect on the pod like every every time we mention Obi Toppin and be like all right like this is this is because that's like Doug Doug sums it up better than I can. Uh, it's like a really like like dark angsty feeling when, when Obi Toppin doesn't get to play because again he was he was incre- a night after having a uh, 14 points in what was it 11 10 and a half minutes um he had 11 points in 10 minutes four for six from the field uh, two for three from three one for two from the line also had three rebounds um the ball was was popping around when he's in there as as it always seems to be um i had like this was really encouraging to me because we we saw him early this season alex get a little bit more ambitious with driving the basketball and then that sort of went away like when like he was really hitting from 3 and like It was was a little bit on Obi where he fell in love with it, but it was also just that, like, the Knicks never have him rolling to the basket and never put him in a short roll position where he can either spray a pass out to a shooter or finish creatively around the rim. Um, So he has to expand his self-creation, and tonight he had a play where he took Kevin Love off the dribble, got by him. I think it was Lamar Stevens who came over and helped, and Obi just had a Euro finish where he just put the ball high, and, like, honestly, like, Obi can do that a little bit more. Like, he doesn't have to have, like, a great handle to be able to finish in those situations. Like, he can just be... Faster than the big who's guarding him, and then have the ability to just have some dexterity around the rim. And we, we know how much Heidi he gets at the basket, so I want to see Ob keep pushing limits with that. And, and then uh, you you referenced it before, but the the, the uh, Hail Mary bomb for Emmanuel quickly brought a tear to my eye. Because what it feels like it's been twenty two games since we since we've seen that. I know he got the run out dunk from RJ the other day, but those two were. I mean, it was it was like Montana and Jerry Rice early this season. So it was it was, it was good to good to have that back.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's, it just begs the question again, like at what point is OB going to, or is there such a point where OB is going to reach the point that quickly has now where he's just going to basically force Tibbs his hand and say, you have to find like 20 minutes a game for me, like at least, you know, like figure it out, dude. Like, especially with Mitch out right now, it seems crazy mm. that he could be playing as well as he is. And, and they wouldn't go to the the small lineup just like once, just see how it goes. Like, you know, they, it, he'll give it like 30 seconds. And if those 30 seconds aren't the best basketball you've ever seen in your life, it's like, oh, well, that's it. Experiment over. Uh, but he he just played fantastic. And, you know, it's, it's tough because you can't – it's not like you could say in this game, like, oh, well, maybe Randall should have played less because Randall played fantastic. Like, he had 17 in the first quarter and then had an extremely balanced second half where he had 14 points and, you know, spread them out across – both quarters pretty equally and and really affected the game uh up and down so it's like the only option is to play them together I would love to see it because honestly Randall for as much as he tends to slow things down kind of I will give him props like he always has his head up when it comes time for transition and like if there is someone that's down the floor and he gets the rebound like he'll he'll toss it down there he would toss the long pass to Obi Toppin too like just get guys out there that can throw those Montana to rice bombs. I, I don't get it. Um, and you, you'd probably score so many extra points. It wouldn't matter if you didn't have room protection for one or two plays. Uh, but, yeah, it's it was just a fantastic game for OB. I don't have too much more to add as far as what he did on the court because, again, how much more is there to talk about when he only played 10 minutes, Uh, you know, as far as how many things he was physically able to do on the court because he was only out there for so long. But he crushed it once again. Uh, I'll – I'll take it to RJ Barrett next, Uh, 16 points for RJ in this game, three of five from three, five of 12 from the field overall. I thought he had a pretty good game. You know, this isn't for a guy who has made, I won't say made it routine, but is at least made it a somewhat regular occurrence where he'll drop like 30 points. Uh, You know, you look at the scorecard and you say 16, like, Oh, that's maybe not the best. And he certainly cooled off, but I think that, in the early aughts of this game things looked like they were going to turn into a shootout um it was a little reminiscent of how things went in the raptors game the other day where things were just like it was like you looked at the scoreboard and you're like oh my god how are they already at like 25 25 or whatever or whatever the score ended up being you know at that juncture where it's like they they have like 20 something points each and we're only like like Hawks, six, seven, Hawks game too. Right. That was yeah like insane. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that's true. That was another barn burner. Yeah. I mean, just so many games recently where, where things have gone like that and then not gone in the Knicks' favor later on hmm. Uh, in this case. And also have led to the other teams being the team that kind of pulls ahead in that first quarter. And this one, it was like, Oh man, Julius is going to need some help. And he got it from RJ. Like RJ had himself not a 17 point first quarter, but he did. Have, I'm actually looking to see what his total points were nine point first quarter you'll take that. I mean, they really needed that at that particular moment and he gave it to them. So Um, I, I just thought he deserved some props. Even if he cooled off a little bit throughout the rest of the game, he also didn't force anything, which is something to be said in and of itself, because we've seen that from RJ at times where sometimes he will stubbornly keep forcing things up, even if he's cooled down in this game, I don't think he forced the issue at all. And I, and you know, he sat for some portions of uh, some key portions of the game in favor of like quickly and whatever. And, but when he, you know, came in at different points, other than that, he he managed to come through. So, I uh, I liked this game. I thought it was pretty good.
0: Yeah, I thought um, I, I I was I forgot to tweet it out, but I meant to tweet it out. Like like have him and Randall had like a better first quarter together this year because he was he was so good in his decision making in the first quarter. Like um, I think what was it? it was like this it was the first bucket of the game. I think when he when he backed down Darius Garland um Mobley came over to double he spun out of it and just slung a pass along the baseline which is kind of becoming a specialty to Quentin Grimes in the opposite corner Grimes missed the three but it was it was a picture-perfect decision um then he actually he had a this is what we're always begging for with RJ he had a backdoor cut I mean I I I gave like a fist bump when I was was like let's go like he like I just want to see more of that from him because he's he's such a smart player and he's a really intuitive cutter and he got a wide open layup um, from Quentin Grimes off of that um had another one where he just put his head down drove downhill like threw a laser out to julius Randle and and look like middle of this game i thought he had some some bad stretches like like one really awful possession where he just kind of stopped everything to iso and evan mobley evan mobley is just one of the best defenders in basketball like that's not that's not your typical big like like and, and and there are multiple cases with rj where sometimes like it just doesn't like it feels like he is playing off of habit more so than like knowing the scouting report and like being cognizant of like what the current like kind of it's just a lack of situational awareness is, is, is the clearest way to say it. like Mobley's not the big you want to go at He had another play where um he ran off of Donovan Mitchell to um cover Isaac Okoro in the corner it's like no Isaac Okoro like there's a reason he is left more open than pretty much any shooter in the league like if he hits it he hits it but don't leave Donovan Mitchell and, and Okoro just threw it to Mitchell Mitchell got a three but then give all the credit in the world to RJ he rebounded like we mentioned that strip on Mitchell and had a play where he just had crazy de-acceleration where Evan Mobley and Karis LeVert were on him, and RJ just stopped, and Mobley and Lavert ended up like four feet under the basket. And I, I don't know if you remember this, Alex, but I think you were the one who told me this. Like in the draft, they tested um, like at um, whatever the the place in California is where they where they do the athletic testing. Like PS mm-hmm. or something, um, they tested everyone's deceleration. They determined RJ's was like on par with James Harden, like 99th percentile, and that was all I could think of on that play. I was like, oh my god, like he he just like hit the skids. And and Mobley was ready to go, like falling into the crowd. So there, it it was it was a mixed game from RJ, but there there were some good ones. Um, before we wrap up, I wanted to, I wanted to throw this your way. W- what do you think is up with our guy Jalen Brunson? Because I I said it um on the weekend pod, like I I thought the Raptors and the Hawks game was even though the stats were still kind of okay, like maybe his worst two game stretch in terms of his decision making, and then tonight it was like probably his worst shooting night of the year. Like I'd have to like, he maybe that first Raptors game was worse, but he had 12 assists in that one tonight, just five of 13, 14 points, four assists, two rebounds came up super clutch late in this game. Had like a crazy, like elbow turnaround fade hit the two free throws, had a great defensive play to set up Grimes for a dunk late. So he made big plays when the Knicks needed it, but just, just didn't really look like the Jalen Brunson. We, we know and love at this point.
1: Yeah. I think of all the guys on this team, he probably needs the all-star break the most. Hmm. Um, whether he makes it or not, I think he needs a little, a little break right now. <laughs> you know, I think it, he's obviously the type that's just going to gut through it no matter what he's feeling or whatever, if he's feeling fatigued or clearly if he's injured in any sort of way, he just plays through it. I don't think he's necessarily injured right now, but he has been injured a number of times this year, uh, that he's only missed a couple games for in total. And, you know, there's the little nicks and bruises and, Overall, just, I mean, he plays so many minutes typically. Uh, and this one played, a I guess, a low total for him, like just under 36 minutes. But uh, it, I think that's pretty much it. You know what I mean? He just kind of looks like maybe he's getting dead legs a little bit. Um, you know, just from the, the course of a long season, you have to consider too, like, this is his first season in the NBA carrying this sort of load. Yeah. Uh, So I wonder if maybe that's sort of kicking in too, like what you see almost like when a rookie comes in and they could do Hmm. amazing, amazing things for the first like 40 games. And then all of a sudden you see them kind of hit that rookie wall. I'm not like I'm not going to disparage Brunson in any way and say that he's like he was unprepared or something, you know, like physically or whatever. But I, I think that just there's no way of preparing yourself for what it's going to be like to go from being a role player that plays off one of the most dom- ball dominant players in like the NBA right now, maybe by the time all said and done, Luca will be one of the most ball dominant players in history. Like, I, you know, there's no way to prepare yourself from going from that environment where you're not needed to, you know, initiate every little thing to coming to the Knicks where, you know, he's to great effect been their maestro. You know, he's the guy that goes out there and, and makes the you know the machine run you know he's he's that guy so i wonder if maybe it's a little bit of that i'm not reading too much into it i'm sure that he's going to bounce back at a certain point too we also got to remember like he's not infallible like even you know rj barrett has had bad stretches and julius randall has had bad stretches this year and you know it's guys go through these things so if it goes beyond the next like what we got i think it's 11 more games before the the all-star break and then and then the all- – or is it even that many? I don't know. I think it's that many. Uh, but however many it takes until the All-Star break, you know, if if things continue after that, then maybe I'll be like, all right, what's going on? You know, is there an injury or something? But I think right now maybe he's just getting a little a little worn down from being such a focal point. And prior to, like, these last couple games, was playing, like, just a huge, huge amount of minutes for a couple weeks there. Maybe it's all just catching up to him. I guess we'll see. But I hey, I'm with you. Something does just feel kind of off, even if he ultimately came through when they needed him. In this game, there's just been something a little not quite there with, with like super dominant Jalen from earlier this year. Um Gavin, is there anything else you want to you want to touch on before we get going? I I mean, I think there was some good performance. Like Grimes, I thought had a pretty good game, but just kind of did some Grimes things that we've kind of come to Grime-ty come stuff. to experience. Yeah, Yeah, he did some grimy stuff, you know, some stuff we've come (laughs) to expect from him, like the, you know, the nice drive inside, you know, a a cut and then an immediate pass to a uh, cutting Jericho Sims to for a nice dunk at one point. Um, You know, had his moments there. Deuce McBride, I thought, had a pretty good game in terms of, like, his impact and not forcing things and not being, like, an automatic shot every time he touched the ball. But, But otherwise, we mostly talked about Pretty much everyone, I guess, because it was yeah. a pretty short rotation tonight.
0: That, that's this is. I mean, first of all, hundred percent agree with you on Brunson. I was I was going to say like he's hitting his his rookie wall, except for him like the framing I would use. He's hitting his all star wall, right? This is his, mm-hmm. this is all star year. He's never he's never had to do this before. I'm 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 with you on that. Um, and if I recall, yeah. sorry,
1: I think Randall sort of had the same thing happen to him in twenty to twenty one. I like mean, right he, he had, Randall All-Star had it break. happen
0: like two weeks ago, right? Like we, yeah. we just saw it happen to, or last week, I think. Yeah.
1: But there was even like just if we're talking in terms of like someone's like first all-star level season mm-hmm. when they were so relied upon and playing so many minutes and everything else. I think Randall sort of had that happen in 20 to 21, if I remember right, where things weren't going as amazing going into the all-star break. And then after the all-star break, obviously, the next one on the nine game win streak and really crushed it. And Randall was like 100% part of that. So yeah hopefully we'll see the same result come for brunson this year
0: (laughs) yeah and look i mean before last season jalen brunson came off the bench right like this is like kind of a rapid ascension for him like a guy that the Mavs this time last year didn't want to pay four years 55 million dollars which is crazy but like it it just tells you like how far he's come so i I will give the guy every break in the world uh grimes I, i don't really have a lot to add like that 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 pass that you referenced off the cut, like it was behind the back to Sims. That was incredible. And I'm, I'm really happy for Deuce. I mean, he, he had his favorite moment for me all year where he, where he broke, he completely broke Ricky Rubio's ankles. And I think if it was, if it was like Mitchell doing that to, to Grimes or something on the other end, like it would be all over sports center right now, but had a, just a nasty crossover on Ricky Rubio and then, then turn into a cross court sling to Obi top for a corner three. And then the fourth had a baseline attack where he like, he was kind of jumping out of bounds and, and set up Obi's other three. So he played a really significant role in Obi's night and then got a bucket. Um, And and we can, we can end this pod the way we started because the Knicks cleared the floor. They had Isaiah Hardenstein um, positioned at the top of the key. Deuce threw it to him and Deuce just cut through to the rim and I hard hit him for a layup that we we saw that all the time, the first 12 games of the season. And I think maybe not once since then. So that was a, a sight for sore eyes and, uh, cannot be happier for, for Isaiah Hardenstein on a day where uh, maybe this is a whole other episode. There, there are some rumors that the Clippers might be interested in acquiring him back. I, I guess he gave the Knicks front office something to think about with, with how well he played tonight. Either that or gave them
1: some great tape to send to the Clippers Said, to send him back hey man, over there.
0: We'll take Paul George. <laughs> yeah. Have him back. <laughs> the big yeah, schnitzel. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Either way. Uh, yeah. I think this is a good note to wrap up on. So thank you all for listening. So this episode of Locked on Knicks. And we'll be back with uh, at least one more game recap this week and some other great episodes for you guys. So keep your ears out and we'll talk to you all soon. Peace out.